I'm Jimmy Alexander, and welcome to the fifth episode of Out With Jimmy. It's the podcast where members of the LGBTQ community share their coming out stories with you, proving that you are not alone and things do get better. You won't miss any episode if you go to uh, Apple Podcasts and click subscribe. And while you're there, it sure would be helpful if you gave us five stars and a nice review. Follow us on social media, Out With Jimmy, and Instagram, it's Out With Jimmy Alexander. This week, we're going to find out who is the man behind social media's DC homo. That's because Jose Romero is out with Jimmy. I am Jose Romero. I live in Gaithersburg. I work for a large DC law firm. I'm single and I'm a gay male. Who was the first person you looked at and you said, I'm gay? It was my ballroom dance partner in college. (laughs) Shocking. And and she didn't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know you have some smooth moves when your ballroom dancer says, there's no way you can be gay. How old were you? I was probably about 20, 20 years old. And what made you determine this was the time that you were going to do it? I I grew up very sheltered, um, Roman Catholic, Hispanic family, and going away to college and living on campus really opened up the doors to meet a lot of different people, people that weren't like me. Um, I had gone to my first meeting of um, an LGBTQ group on campus at Maryland that week, actually, and I just felt like empowered, like look at all these young people like myself being their true selves, you know, here, you know, I want to be one of them. Uh, When was the first time in your life that you thought, "Uh, I'm not like everybody else, and that it may be a possibility? Probably as early as third grade. Third grade. Third grade. What made you feel that way? I had a a best friend, Kevin, and we did everything together or on the same soccer team together. And then he started hanging around with Mindy. (laughs) And I got very jealous. That damn Mindy. (laughs) We don't like Mindy. Um, Do you know where he is now? I have no idea. Okay. You'd like to see him. Have you, have you Facebook stopped him and tried to find out I where he is? I don't even remember his last name. I moved around a lot as a kid. Yeah. So. And so it's third grade, and you thought, uh, something might be here. Now, was it one of those situations where you tried to, like, hide it? And not only hide it, but also pray the gay away. Like, please, don't make me like this, please. I, I don't think um, the – I really tried to pray the gay away. I was always myself. I didn't really try to hide things. You know, growing up, I would sew clothes for my little sister's Barbies. You mm-hmm. know, my parents seemed okay with it, surprisingly. Um, and e- even as growing up, I-, I was still myself. I, you know, have some feminine things about me, some masculine things about me. It was just always me. Um, did you ever get bullied as a kid about something uh, about this or people making comments about it? Not really. Um, Through high school, I I dated girls. And even in college, I think I went through a period where I was confused. Like that that group that I told you about that I that I met, I I met a bisexual girl there and I found myself incredibly attractive to her, which made me (laughs) even more confused. You were she was attracted to you or you were attracted to her? her. Of course, because we're doubling the opportunities. Like and and I and I I I know a gorgeous woman when I see her. But then I realized, you know, it isn't really that type of attraction. Now, with um, with her or any of the girls that you dated, would they be long term relationships? 
No, they would be short, and and I think it would get to a point. There was one in high school, and and it's someone that I still that I still talk to. Um, you know, we're we're at the theater, and I'm gonna age myself, but we were watching Titanic at the theater, and things, you know, getting touchy and. You're was, you're like, my heart may go on, but this date is not going any further right, than it is right, right now. I think she kept kissing me and kissing me, and I'm like, stop. This is- <laughs> you're like, Jack is on the door, please. I was like, this just doesn't feel natural, you know, to yeah. me. Let's go back to that day. You're talking to your ballroom dancer uh, partner, and you. when did you tell her? What were you guys doing while this happened? I think we were getting ready to go practice. Um People that knew me at that age, I was a hardcore uh, competitor. I would travel around the country competing in in ballroom, dancing, and winning. Um, I like how you had to mention that. that (laughs) Not only competed, but I won. trophies, yeah. Um, yeah. So you did that. That's that's pretty amazing. It's like you're our little uh, Bruno from Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) Do you watch Dancing with the Stars? I I did the first couple seasons because there were some professionals on there that I knew. The show was kind of gone in different tangents, less traditional ballroom and more just kind of like the gimmicks the yeah. gimmicks so w- where were you again um when you told her so we were at, at her house you know and she was packing her bag and we were about to go and she's like what do you mean i was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah so in, in ballroom dancing if you're a guy and you're good you can pretty much there's there's such an abundance of women that, that want a partner you know so i ended up just not upgrading, but getting better, better dancers. So they had some superlatives at the end of the the year, and I got a ballroom dance slut of the year. Look at that. <laughs> so <laughs> DC Homo isn't playing around. You tell her, and did you feel the weight of the world? It, it was amazing. It like everything was lifted off my shoulders. It was just one of the best. I still remember that feeling. And who's the first person in your family that you told? So coming out to my family, like, I, I don't think I ever had that, hey, mom, I'm gay moment, but my brother was probably the first person that I face-to-face um, had a discussion about. And how did that go? So I, w- I, w- I had moved to Miami after college, so I was living down there, and I'd come up for Thanksgiving every year, and um, we always go out after Thanksgiving. So I was, he asked me, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Nations. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me, he's like, oh, you go there? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm going there too. And that was him coming out to me as well. What? Your brother's <laughs> gay too? My brother is gay too, my little brother. Oh, that's fantastic. Watch out, the Ramirez brothers are out <laughs> and they're ready to roll. How'd your parents take it? I think they, they, they had always known, you know, and when I left for college, um, it was kind of spontaneous. And I left them a letter and they sort of knew, like they would hint at me being gay, but we never really had that coming out moment. But yeah. you felt that it was, with the hints, you felt that they were open to it. That Yeah, yeah, def- yeah. definitely. Um, like they would they would say, you know, we'd have a conversation about you know, me coming home for something. And they'd be like, you know, we love you no matter what. <laughs> um, you know, and my That's- mom in Spanish, um, there's a masculine and feminine uh, of, of kids. Or, or a boyfriend, girlfriend, novio, novia. And she's like, she said something one time. She was like, I don't care if you have a novio, I just want grandkids. And she's like, Aww. corrected herself, novia, you know, like, so she knew that she. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's sweet, though. It has to make you feel good looking back at that, that you knew that they would be okay with it. Right, right. Where so many stories we hear, it's just 
horror. Yeah, yeah. They've been they've been they've been really really incredible. And my brother lives in Michigan, but every once in a while he'll visit for Thanksgiving and he'll bring um he'll bring his boyfriend at the time. Um and my mom would go all out, you know, what a Stevie like, Aww. big spreads. He really wanted to to impress him. With work, has it you being gay ever been an issue? It hasn't. Um it's interesting because the first day that I started at a Wilmer Hale, um, when you log into your computer and open up any browser, the first thing you go to is the firm's intranet, um, just internal news. And the first thing that popped up was that the firm had received a 100% on the HRC index score, and they were just blasting it on the front of the, to everyone at the firm. When you go to a place to work and they are open to you and supportive of the cause, it just makes you so proud to work there. And I think a lot of times, um, like what goes on with uh, the Capital Pride and they're upset that certain corporations too corporate. But I look at it in the opposite way because for such a long time, you stayed hidden and you didn't want anybody to know. And now you have all these huge billion-dollar companies, you know, let's say McDonald's Pride. Right, right. And it makes me feel good. Now, being a Roman Catholic, uh, how are you with the church? You know, I think everyone's experience with with the church is unique. I was lucky. I think that I was growing up in a period where, you know, maybe it just wasn't discussed. But like when when we were taught um, specific doctrine, it was just about the church. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what country you came from. If you were LGBTQ, like that just wasn't an issue as long as you followed this doctrine. You know, you were good. And do you attend mass now? Rarely, rarely. Um, I'm my niece's godfather, mm-hmm. you know. So I, you go through the class for that, and you roll your eyes at some things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. I was engaged to be married to a woman at one point in my life, and I went to one of these um, uh, marriage encounter weekends that they have at the Catholic Church. And it's you're there for the whole weekend, mm-hmm. and you're you're sleeping at some at the rectory or some part of the church. And the priest gives you lessons about being married. Real intimate stuff. And I was always like, what the hell does this guy, <laughs> what does Father Tom know about you know being married? It was very strange. But I do feel with the new pope, it does seem hopefully moving yeah, in there, the right Yeah, there's a big disconnect between the, the leadership of the church and the people. And the people. Um, if you look at polls, like I think Pew did a, a poll a while back and Roman Catholics and especially immigrant Roman Catholics are the most accepting of same-sex marriages by far. Um, There's one thing that uh, you kind of annoy me with, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, Jose, is each week we're going to have a out-of-the-closet cocktail. And I ask him, what's your favorite drink? And you say... All of them. No. no. <laughs> he says Diet Coke. I, and I'm, I'm like, taking a break okay. and eating healthy. And We do have Coke Zero, so I guess Coke Zero is Perfect. this week's out-of-the-closet cocktail. <laughs> Who was the first celebrity as a kid that you went, oh, my? Probably MacGyver. 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 <laughs> such a daddy. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> and if I need anything fixed. <laughs> He's a daddy and he's handy, which I think we all know if you can get somebody in your life who's handy, it's perfect. Um, If you could go back and give yourself at a younger age advice, what advice would you give about this process? I think don't don't be afraid. Um, Don't be afraid to take risks. Don't be so nervous about things that you can't control. You know, I think 
early on in high school and, and college, I had a lot of anxiety and social anxiety over things I couldn't control. And I spent a lot of time worrying about things that were out of my hand, which, you know, worrying about things you can't control doesn't fix anything or solve anything. As you look at the future of our community, what are some warning signs? I, I really see some groups that, that don't um, understand the role that trans people play in our, in our community. Like just today I was reading a story about the Stonewall group, which is a huge LGBT group in the UK, and there's a faction of them that's thinking of breaking up, off and just being LGB without the T. And they don't understand what a role the trans community has played in our history and what a role they play in our rights today. The kids that aren't being allowed to use the bathroom that they want in, like that's, you know, the religious freedom laws, those are targeting trans people. Those are also targeting, you know, they're going after the weakest in in our community. Uh, And the sad part about that is if you look at where any of the pride festivals began or marches, it began at Stonewall and the trans community. They're the first ones who stood up and said, I'm not taking this anymore. We can't give that community enough thanks for what they did. Right, right. And, and to this day, there are you know, gay people, lesbians, bisexual people being fired in, in a lot of states just for being themselves. But trans people can't even get jobs you know, because, because they're trans. Mm. Yep. And one of the earliest, I think, um, cases of uh, discrimination, I think it was as early as 19, in the 1990s, there was a, a trans woman that was hired by the Library of Congress. And when they found out she was trans, they rescinded her, her offer. And she ended up winning that discrimination. So we've been fighting this fight for a long time. Well, over the, uh, recently I saw the new Downton Abbey movie. I don't know if you're into Downton Abbey, but... I just learned there was a movie earlier today. Yes, so. and, and there's a scene where Thomas, who is one of the uh, butlers, butlers yep. and he's gay, and it shows him going to a gay hidden club in London. And them rounding them all up and arresting them. And that would have been in the 20s. That wasn't that long ago. And you think about how far we've come in such a short amount of time. It's, it, to me, it's amazing because I remember growing up and, um, you know, the don't ask, don't tell was such a big issue for President Clinton. And, you know, they thought gays and military, oh, my God, the world would, would just, you know, implode. And now you look at it and it's like, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. My little brother actually joined the army, and he was um, enlisted during "Don't Ask, Don't Tell." And I asked him about him later on, and he was—he was like everyone knew. It was just—it was more, um, just don't do it around here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of your parents yeah. say the same thing too. Like when you're a kid, like no matter if you're dating a girl or a boy, uh, and whomever you're dating. They're like, okay, at least if you're going to do it, hide it. Just yeah. don't uh, make it so. Uh, which, which is still like, unacceptable. It's yeah. still not a standard that we that we want to abide by. You know, I want him to be open and oh, yeah. proud. And there are silly things that straight people say when they find out you're gay. What are some things that you hear and you're like, okay? You know, the first time I heard something that kind of annoyed me was um, at work. I had, um, you know, I have interns at work and they they rotate. And I had this intern, and he asked me flat out. He's like, hey, can I ask you a question? You know, don't be offended. I'm like, sure. He's like, are you gay? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I have a gay cousin. You need to meet him. <laughs> First thing out of his mouth. Well, <laughs> was the cousin cute? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
You're like, mm, no. <laughs> What's the other one? Oh, we can go shopping together. That, Women's that I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Like, like my mom, I think when, when finally she, we, she understood I was gay, would be out shopping and she'd send me photos of things. Do you think this is cute? Do you like this? Is this good for me? <laughs> so, are people, so you're saying that people can now tweet you at DC Homo and ask you if this is a good outfit to buy and you will... I will respond. <laughs> now, let's talk about the other side of you. Not only do you work for the law firm, but you are a, a huge star on uh, in social media at DC Homo. And how did that begin? DC, when I first moved here about 12 years ago, um, surprisingly caught on very quickly to lots of startup um, internet things like Foursquare. And, and Twitter was one of those things. And... Uh, there was a big Twitter community in DC, and a lot of people just put DC in front of their names. Like I had DC Josie, there was DC Mark, DC Ryan, or District of Scott, District of this. But way back then, you couldn't search Twitter. Like if I searched for the word um, radio, nothing would come up unless it had a hashtag in front of it. So the way we would all find each other's tweets was we created the DC Homos hashtag. So we put a hashtag symbol in front of DC homos. And when you clicked on it, you know, you could find mm -hmm. all of our tweets. And we ran in like this huge gay and lesbian gang. Like when we went out to a bar, it would be like 15, <laughs> 20 of us. And we were all close, not super close, you know, but, but close enough to know each other. And I wanted a separate account to keep it separate from my personal. So I made the DC homos account just to list you know, different events going on. And it, it didn't really take off. Um, I just couldn't manage to account it at the same time. So it kind of died for a couple years. And then a couple years back, um, I think when just before marriage equality, when LGBT issues were in the news, I brought it back, started um, posting content about news issues, court issues, cases that were in the courts, uh, things I thought people should know that day. Um, things that were relevant. There are lots of people, lots of kids in, you know, Midwestern states that don't have access to, to good news, you know, to, to those resources, to know what's going on in the world. So in your time uh, having that account, I watch from afar and I'm always like, and I think I've said this to you before, I hope I never upset him because I don't <laughs> want him coming after me on Twitter. Who are some of the people that follow you? Like, I can't believe this person follows me. Rosie O'Donnell, local, the mayor. Yes. You know. Um, Love Mayor Bowser. Um, Gabby Douglas, the gymnast. Lots of, lots of news people, surprisingly, you know, from all over, all over the place. Well, I think you speak for a great number of us. And you're able to get a point across in a very sharp, elbowed way. And I mean that in the most positive way. I mean, <laughs> a lot of times you kind of like how we're Saturday Night Live where you expose hypocrisy. And there's been times I've read a couple things. It's like, oh, I've done that i'm i'm the bad white gay <laughs> oh no 99 percent time i agree with you and i'm like that's a good point yeah you know i think i've um find myself leaning and and pushing people to really try to see a different point of view than maybe what they were um grew up with you know i think lots of young people it's not their fault that they develop these views but they need to be open to to evolve them you know and this account has evolved like if, if I look at what I was tweeting six years ago, it, it, I'm like, oh, my God, what the – I was tweeting about a barbecue, bringing, <laughs> bringing lube to a barbecue. Like, 
I don't know if that would be good on the barbecue. I I gotta tell you that right now. Did you bring lube to the barbecue? I don't even remember. You know that's gonna be a a fun barbecue. Well, that's different pig picking, I think. But nevertheless. So then, at at one point, the account um, I had someone reach out to me and say, "Hey, can you come to our event?" You know, I was strictly online, just posting news and and photos and talking to people. And I, I went to an event and quote unquote live tweeted, you know, the event, and it, it got a great response. There were um, started doing more of those types of events, getting involved, going out. People started reaching out to me to come to those events. You know, that's how we sort of started um, sponsoring things. You know, and going to events and also sponsoring events um, and fundraising as well. You know, there's a lot of different um, things that we've branched out to. Well, it's so great knowing you, and I think you do a service for our community and our city, and I know you're a proud Washingtonian, and um, it's always fun hanging out with you. Uh, one last thing. So a parent is hearing from their kid today. They're gay. How should the parent handle it? I think the, the first instincts that a parent is going to have is they're going to want their kid to be safe. They're going to be worried about their kid being bullied. They're going to be worried about their kid being harassed. They're going to be worried about their kid being discriminated again. So I think that instinct sometimes translates into like fear and anger. They need to put themselves in the place of that child and what that what their kid is going through, thinking, is my parent going to love me? Are they going to kick me out? Like They need to put themselves in their child's shoes. Bet you didn't think a guy who calls himself DC homo would be that cerebral, right? He's a great guy, a wonderful uncle, and I'm so glad his voice is heard in the community. Thank you to Jose for his time today. And remember, you'll never know when the last time you'll be able to tell someone you love them. So go ahead and do it.